Hello, and welcome to the Love Your Work Life podcast. I'm your host, Elisa Shuck. Whether you're going for that next promotion, looking for a job, or making a career pivot, I'll teach you how to navigate it all so you can have the career you want. This is Love Your Work Life, episode 143. Y'all know how I kind of geek out at the intersection of ancient spiritual teaching, philosophy, neuroscience, and quantum physics. I know, I'm a, I'm a goofy person. What can I tell you? But I keep encountering these amazing teachings that are bringing it all together in the most fascinating of ways. I think back to all of the teachings that I've encountered over the course of my career and the application of those to making my personal, professional work life better, as well as the team dynamics and team culture better. These things just keep reoccurring and reaffirming the truth in them. And most of the time, it's super simple. Listen, people have been having wonderful team culture and a great work life before technology happened, before data and analysis. My friends, those things can be helpful But if we are over relying on them, then we are kind of missing out on some core truths that we know work day in and day out. One of the cool things that I listened to recently was from Andrew Huberman, his podcast, Huberman Lab. He interviewed Rick Rubin, who I think I've mentioned before because I read Rick's book last year, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, which I highly recommend because it's not just about creativity. It's about, it is about a way of being. So about a way of seeing the world and it's so helpful. Plus, little plug here, I happen to believe everybody's creative. It shows up in different ways. Maybe creativity for you is is an awesome, beautiful spreadsheet that's color-coded or a workbook that has lots and lots of sheets and, you know, links and all that stuff. Or maybe you do like music or maybe you do enjoy painting. It doesn't really matter because we are creative beings. Everything that we use in this world, everything we've encountered in this world, man-made things all started with a thought and the creative nature of humans. So that's my plug for the book. It's so good. Anyway, Andrew was interviewing Rick and he asked this question, do you ever think about the past? Do you ever miss the experiences that you had in New York because Rick now lives in LA. He's a music producer. Um, He used to be in New York. And, you know, fair question, like, hey, do you ever miss those New York days? Do you ever miss the early days of music production? 
And Rick's answer was an emphatic no. And it kind of took me off guard because it was such a confident no. There wasn't any wavering about it. And it even took Andrew off guard because he was like, really? Never. You don't feel nostalgic about those days? And Rick said, no. I am in the present moment and the future only. And I got to tell you, the thought I had was, oh, can we just decide that? Because I don't know about you, but I have had a lot of toxic experiences at work. I have worked for bosses that had some pretty awful behavior. I have worked for colleagues that I was pretty sure were throwing me under the bus. Now, I'm, I'm going to cut them a little slack because, you know, when you're all in a toxic environment, it's kind of survival of the fittest. So I kind of cut some, some of my colleagues slack because I think they were just trying to survive. Yeah, that's what it was. We're going to encounter those kind of things. That's just part of the world we live in. For me, some of those negative experiences have floated into my mind from time to time. Unexpectedly, there's a difference between thinking about a past experience and what you learned from it and how what you learned can help other people. That's one of the things I try to do. I try to go back to those experiences in a way that helps me relate to what other people are going through and offer the tidbits, the things. It's a lot of what I talk about on this podcast, the things that have helped me and worked for me. But there's something about this no, I'm only in the present moment and the future that got me thinking, oh, so that's a decision. These memories, these negative experiences that kind of float into my brain unexpectedly and make me feel sick to my stomach. That doesn't have to happen if I don't want it to. Interesting. And here's why it's important. Because past hurts and offenses hold us in their grip. I'm not walking around consciously thinking about those things all the time. I'm sure you're not either, but they still have power if they can just float in anytime they want and throw us off our game. Another way to look at it is this. If those negative thoughts have space in our brains, then that is space that we're not giving to something else, something more worthwhile. The other thing that can happen is when that stuff floats in, we have a tendency to give attention to it. We have a tendency to focus on it. When you do, all you're doing is just calling in more of the same, or at least that's all you'll notice. When those past hurts come along and you spend some time indulging in them, in the hurts, then what you will see around you will be like that. You'll start to look for harmony in the worst kind of a way. 
because our brains are always looking for harmony. They're always wanting the inside thoughts and outside reality to match. So if your inside thoughts are negative, then the outside reality your brain is searching for to create harmony is going to be negative. That's just brain physiology, my friends. Plus, this negative energy just harms you. It doesn't feel good. We know there's a mind-body connection. Negativity and overemphasis of past hurts and stuff affects us physically. And it doesn't actually make anything any better. We can't go back in time. At least nobody has figured out time machines yet. So going back and rehashing it and reanalyzing it and what if and what if and I could have done it this way, it doesn't actually change your present moment. It might actually keep you stuck instead of moving forward into an amazing future. So how do you break this cycle? You can actually decide where you're hanging out in the present moment and the future. It actually is that simple. The power is in your decision. The other thing that works so well is gratitude. Having a daily practice of gratitude changes the game. Because here's the deal. It's impossible to feel negative emotions at the same time that you are feeling gratitude. When you're feeling gratitude at a deep level, it's not just surface thank you. It's actually the feeling deep in your bones of gratefulness, of thankfulness, of being glad about something. Put it that way. Someone mentioned to me, or I read something the other day, about a Disney movie that talked about the glad game. It's something I'm going to look up. But when you decide to put in a daily practice of gratitude, a.m. and p.m., a.m., write out 10 things that you're grateful for. And it can be anything. There are probably some things you could be grateful for about your job or relationships. But honestly, gratefulness applies to everything. You can be grateful for a breeze. You can be grateful for that peppy song that always makes you feel good. Write out what you're grateful for and why. I'm so thankful for fill in the blank because it does this. Take some time to really sit with it. And then at the end of the day, just be grateful for the best thing that happened during the day. Scan through your day and think about what is the best thing about my day? You know what? The best thing might have been the smell of the coffee that you brewed first thing in the morning. Wonderful. And during the day, I like to think of gratitude as a shield, gratitude as the armor that you walk around with, this invisible energy force maybe that you walk around with. 
And especially when you are about to encounter a difficult person or situation, meeting with a difficult boss, pick one thing to be grateful for before you go in, because it's going to set your mind right. You're going to be at this higher level. And then when you get out, find something to be grateful for at the exit. It might be something that happened during the meeting and you can come back to it and think, wow, that was awesome. I'm really grateful for that conversation. And sometimes it just might be you being grateful for something more random. It kind of doesn't matter if it's directly related because as I said, you can't feel bad and be grateful at the same time. So it's a way to get out of the funk. It's a way to get back to center when you've encountered something that's rocking you around a little bit. And the last thing about this in how you break the cycle is pay attention to momentum. A great analogy is you can stop a boulder from rolling down a hill early in the process before it gains momentum running down that hill. You, in your own mind, when, you, when a negative thought floats through or you encounter a negative situation that is going to throw you off your game, if you catch it within 17 seconds and you give yourself a better thought, doesn't have to be a perfect thought. It doesn't have to be everything is rosy and wonderful. A general, non-specific thought that just feels neutral to better is powerful because you can move from neutral and better to grateful. Do not let past hurts and offenses throw you off your game. You will be amazed at how setting it free and that decision to live in the present moment in the future only and to practice gratitude will keep you on target for the things that you want for your work life and life in general. All right, my friends, I'll talk to you again soon. If you like listening to this podcast, I invite you to visit my website at elisashuck-careercoach.com. On the site, you're going to find out everything you need to know about working with me on your career move, developing your leadership skills, as well as my courses, Job Search Field Guide and the Art of Stellar Interviews. I look forward to meeting you soon. Take care.